It's you, it's me, it's season three, episode 178 of You'll Die Trying, or YDT for rhyming. A show which pulls back the curtain, takes down the walls brick by brick, and exposes the hearts of those caring for those you love most. And it is uh, Christmas Day plus one, and I hope, for those of you who celebrate, that it was met with joy and comfort and peace, and you felt it. And whether or not you celebrate or not, as I do, I share in the celebration with you. And I meet you where you are, right here on this season three episode of You'll Die Trying. So let's go ahead and dive right in. What a day, holiday, Christmas. I remember years ago, it was seven and eight Christmases and bouncing from here to there and everywhere. And then you condense it because you start to create your own, your own traditions, whether it be church or dinner or midnight mass or we would condense. And now the season of Christmas, the season of celebration and family, it looks different, but different is good. Change is good. Change is great. Had a great Christmas. The boys and I had a fantastic time at my mother's who has her first inaugural Christmas in our new home. She took care of my grandparents for 10 years, lived with them. It was supposed to be for a short time, but it turned into once granddad died, staying with grandmother until her death. And upon her death, mother found her forever home. And it is beautiful and it's perfect for the boys and I, my nieces and nephews, and our significant others to gather and be together. And I've had much, I've had little, and none of that has made me any happier. Especially the season that I've been in, I've realized it's family. You can rip the name off the signs, you can take down statues, you can do whatever. It's family. And I hope that this season has offered that realization for you. And if not, I hope it does, because on your deathbed, you will not have trophies and suits and shoe collections lining your bed. You'll have family members holding and touching your hands and telling you stories of better days, great days. So keep that in mind. And I've kept in mind the fact that you all are a bunch of weirdos. I, over at YouTube, exclusive content, Nathan Morris Music. Thank you for the support over there. You go over there and subscribe, but also bonus noise in the show notes here. We release subscribers only content straight from the book. The book I talk about writing in the morning, writing at night, thoughts and getting it out of your brain. And if you would like to support this podcast with unique content, for $4.99 a month. Head over in the show notes, click it, support bonus noise, release episodes once a week, and all the other stuff. But let's dive into your weirdness. Your weirdness is since Christmas is over, well, the Catholic faith says we do not end Christmas until the Epiphany. It's where you celebrate the three kings giving gifts. And my gift to you is meeting you here, wherever you are, whether it's happiness, sadness, I, I hear you, I'm with you. Let's talk about weird, crazy, ghost stories, because that's what you like. Like I said, you're weird. If you did not know, I lived above a funeral home. I lived above a funeral home for a couple of years and actually really enjoyed it. There were 14 foot tall ceilings and the walls were plaster. If you don't know what plaster is, old homes. This was built in 18, 1860 and they didn't use drywall. They used plaster. They're people that 
specialized in plaster walls are all dying off or have in the area in which I lived. But there was this old man, my gosh, he has since died as well, but he, he could barely walk, but the man could climb up and down a ladder. Wow. And he would fix the plaster walls, but nonetheless, he had this massive space and it was not uncommon for there to be noises, for there to be sounds. And you think, oh, it's just visitation going on downstairs below. But well, it was 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, two in the morning. There were moments where the phone would call 911 and it would be a 911 hangup, which unbeknownst to me, I know now, 911 hangup calls are considered the most dangerous calls that dispatch receive because obviously hangup calls would be in the event someone is in distress Maybe there's an intruder. Maybe they're getting ready to get harmed. And so they simply call and hang up so as to not be found. Well, not once, not twice, but thrice times, the funeral home phone line, the house above the funeral home, dialed 911 and hung up. Police were dispatched on all three occasions. The phone number that dialed is a disconnected line and had been disconnected for years. Don't know how that happens. Unsure, but I heard it happened at another funeral home before. And it would happen, there was an elevator phone in the funeral home, in the elevator. Again, the line was disconnected, but it was not uncommon for the funeral home elevator phone to ring. We're gonna read from Reddit, an encounter or story of someone 35-year-old who lived above a funeral home for years, similar to what I did, and then the experiences that they experienced. It's pretty common, apparently. Whether you believe it or not, it's still interesting, and uh, apparently a lot of people s- tend to believe it, because think about the tens of thousands or thousands of families that come through the funeral home. And I always like to attribute it to you walk into a, a party, you're a plus one invited person. You can remember moments where you've walked into a space and place and a group of people when you felt safe, you felt accepted. And then you can think of times where you have walked in and felt extremely uncomfortable. That's what I attribute it to. Like you walk in and it's more times than not very comfortable. But there are a few instances where you've walked into a chapel to close up or to blow out candles or to shut down lights or whatever figurine someone sent as a sympathy gift that you have to plug into the wall, which is so stupid. Please don't do that. And you have this sense of heaviness. Not just you, but your dogs. Little multi-poos that don't want to go in the room. True story. But this is an individual who lived above a funeral home and had written stories of their encounters. Encounters that I can relate to. I mean, the dogs, they say that dogs are very in tune and the dogs would walk around upstairs at the funeral home apartment and stand in the corner and just stare. It was very eerie. But this is an individual, too, who lives in Kentucky. And they started when they were about five years old, that their parents bought this funeral home that was over 100 years old. And they owned the funeral home and ran it. And the home itself was very large. They lived upstairs, of course, because funeral home. And there is this 
heart aspect to it. It's not just a building. Now it's become this more modern space, but, you know, especially in rural towns, especially in Kentucky, there's this, there's integrity behind, we're going to live on the property. It's literally welcoming you into our home, our space. It's, it's very reverent, really. And uh, so this young lady lived there since she was five, and they lived above the funeral home. The family still owns the funeral home to this day, and they have uh, experiences occasionally now. But as a child, they were more so, and they experienced things every day all the way up till moving out at the age of 19 years old. Some were terrifying and some were very comforting. It's interesting because I said, more times than not, it felt comfortable. Other times there's this sense of unease. You had re resonant spirits, <laughs> so people that were just there. And then some were human and some were not. Each had their own personality and temperament. To this day, this lady has experiences when going to visit the parents at the funeral home. At six years old was her first experience, and they were sitting outside on the couch in one of the viewing rooms. So uh, if you have never been to a funeral home, especially maybe a more traditional, the, the parlors is what they would call them, but the visitation rooms would have, they would have couches, chairs, something that's set up similarly to a family room because you want people to feel a sense of home, right? And so the six-year-old looked up and saw a woman standing in the corner of the room. She was young in her mid-20s. She was wearing a black dress. She was pale and she had long red hair. Ugh. She smiled and waved at me and then said, hello, little girl. This girl at six said hello back and smiled again. And then the lady disappeared. She would become known as Alice. She was the most extroverted and nice of these spirits that this young lady had interacted with at the funeral home. She was talkative. They formed a very good relationship. Now you're probably thinking that's just a nut. I, whether you believe this or not, if you, if you, I, I would say I'm more on the fence, but I do know that some experiences that I've had are very unexplainable. And this individual is just sharing theirs. So this summary is of Alice, the, the extroverted spirit or whatever you would call it. Now, they say that children are very sensitive to, as are animals. So this six-year-old started seeing her every day in corners or in the middle of a room. She was always smiling. She always said hello. When she would get off the bus, the six-year-old, or later in life from school, she would always be standing there when I would walk in the door to greet me. Holy sh... One time in high school, I snuck out to go to a party, and she appeared to my mother in her bedroom and told on me. My mother was waiting in the upstairs in the kitchen when I returned. She protected me from one of the darker non-human spirits that hung out in the embalming room. The first time I wandered into the embalming room right after we moved in, I saw a spirit that definitely didn't seem human. It looked like a young girl that was wearing a gray t-shirt and black pants. Its skin was like scales and it was very reptilian. It had a forked tongue. The first time I saw, I had wandered into the prep room for the first time. 
I was just exploring right after we moved in. I heard a loud growl and looked up and it was just standing there. I was paralyzed. Then Alice appeared and it looked at her and leaned its head to the side like a dog that's curious. She told it to leave me alone. It growled, took a step back, took a step towards me. Alice stepped in front of me and this reptilian thing then looked absolutely terrified. Alice stuck her arm out and this thing started to levitate and was choking. Now, this is, this is like movie stuff. Now, I, I don't know. I can't. I, I'm just reading this account of this individual who moved into a funeral home at six. The family still owns the funeral home at 35. Now they're telling this story. They moved out at 19. Ish. So she goes on to talk about these experiences with the reptilian spirit. She, wow. She walked by the prep room and nearly every time she walked by, this reptilian figure would be standing there and staring. One time she saw it in one of the hallways and it climbed up the wall onto the ceiling and just stared at me and growled and disappeared. Now that, that is creepy. There was an elderly couple that we would see standing side by side. They were dressed in Victorian style clothes. That is interesting. Now they, they talk about this a lot. There are other experiences where there was a man that worked at a funeral home, but only a short time because he was an older man. I would say a a middle-aged man. He is in the TV and film industry now, and he worked door as an assistant attendant. And this old Victorian home, you had to go up the stairs, and they had four parlors or visitation rooms up the stairs. So the the funeral home was laid out in the sense that you walked in and you either went to the elevator because you were elderly and needed assistance getting up, or you went up these beautiful stairs. And so they would stand not only at the door, at the main floor, but he was standing this particular night at the top of the stairs, greeted these individuals to have this private viewing. This private viewing was this elderly lady who had died of cancer. Now, there was only just family in there. It was almost time to close up. And he goes in to tell everyone, hey, we'll be leaving soon. But before he had done that, he walked in. These two ladies were just standing there. They were dressed very nice and smiled at him. And he said, may I get you chairs? They nodded. He went in the other room, other visitation room, walked back and got them chairs to which they sat, but they weren't talking to any of the other family. And there was just about 15 people in. He goes and stands at the top of the stairs again. It gets close to time. He goes and tells everyone, hey, we're going to have visitation tomorrow before we go to the church and to the cemetery to which they said their final goodbyes to the deceased in the casket. And they all walk by him down the stairs. He goes back in the room with the two little old ladies sitting in the chair and tells them the same. They nodded. He walks back out and he waits because he wanted to give them some time. And he walked back in. They were gone. He thought that odd, so he walked into the other visitation rooms. Did not see them. He said, I guess somehow they they went down the elevator, but they couldn't have because he had a code. The code is how he let loved ones up and down because if if anyone rode that elevator outside of staff, they could also end up in the prep room because in the basement was where the prep was done and they didn't want, obviously, people who were non-funeral staff to get turned around. Nonetheless, he did a walk through the restrooms 
He was turning lights off and locking up because he was like, this is weird. He calls his boss, the owner of the funeral home, and says, hey, I'm locking up. These two little old ladies, I, they just, I don't know how they're not here, but I didn't see them walk past me, and I've walked through this funeral home already. Come to find out, the man, the owner said, hey, listen, you need to do another walkthrough. You don't want to lock them in on accident, to which the attendant was like, sure. So he did one final walkthrough. Nowhere to be found. Calls his boss back. Boss was like, okay, that's sufficient. Locks up. Comes in the next morning to tell his boss, hey, this is what happened. This was very weird. They were dressed really nice. They didn't say anything. They weren't talking to anybody. They were just smiling at me. I don't know where they went. The man, the boss, said, this is very odd, but can I show you a picture? About 20 years before, they, the funeral home, cared for two sisters who were killed in a car crash. And he showed them the obituary photos that were left in the file at the funeral home. And he was like, that was them. Well, the two ladies killed in the car crash were the sisters of the deceased in the casket that died of cancer. The man, shortly thereafter, quit. Yeah. Anyway, spooky stuff, unique stuff. The unexplainable can be very scary. A lot of people in comments on YouTube at Nathan Morris Music, when I do these shorts, will say that it's uh, a dark spirit or... Now, I, I, again, have generally never felt unsafe or heavy. Nonetheless, let me know in the comments on those videos what you think but be sure to follow me on all the socials at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok TikTok is amazing there's new singles coming out to radio January 8th single releases January 12th I'm excited it'll be distributed through yep Gator Aid Entertainment Sony The Orchard very excited about it going to radio excited for all the shows in 2024 all the great things that are happening thank you for all the support and subscribing to our lives over on tiktok 5.99 a month it's a cost of a latte for four hangs a month or be sure to subscribe to bonus noise new website nathanmorrismusic.com is live new merch is coming all of the housekeeping that i can think is given i mean my belly is filled with cinnamon rolls waffles eggs alani and coffee i'm full i'm doped up on caffeine and I'm grateful for you. A goal isn't a goal until you write it down and put a date to it. With 2024 right around the corner, everybody's going to be making these resolutions. And it's not a goal until you put a date to it and I put it on paper. Keep that in mind because at the end of 2024, you want to have checked every one of them off. Put a line through it because you killed it. I'm grateful for you. If you think it, it can happen. So think positive. If you build it, they will come grateful for you all right until next time i bid you adieu 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 to you and you and you